Well, welcome everybody to another session of Unlocking the Doors of Dementia with Lauren. I am Lauren, and here today I have Dr. Gary Small, the new chair of psychiatry at Hackensack University Medical Center and a physician in chief for behavioral health services for Hackensack Meridian Health. Prior to joining HUMC, he was a professor of psychiatry, Harlow Solomon Professor on Aging and Director of Geriatric Psychiatry and the Longevity Center at UCLA. Dr. Small has authored over 500 scientific works and received numerous awards and honors, including the American Psychiatric Association's Weinberg Award for Excellence in Geriatric Psychiatry. Scientific American Magazine named him one of the world's top 50 innovators in science and technology. He is the author of 12 popular books, including the New York Times bestseller, The Memory Bible. And that has been my Bible for a number of years. Oh, thank you, Lauren. You're very kind. <laughs> so I am just so excited to have you here. I'm very stimulated. My brain's so stimulated this morning to have you, Dr. Small. I have been a, a fan and, and continue to be and actually have applied a lot of your, how should I say, your practices in, in my memory care homes. Wonderful. So, well, thank I, you, Lauren. It's <laughs> great to, to meet you, and I, I appreciate your interest in the work I'm doing. I know a lot of people out there uh, suffer from age-related memory decline and other forms of cognitive decline, have family members with dementia, and it's tough. We all are looking for ways to cope with it, to prevent it, and uh, try to survive this problem, which is really something we brought on ourselves, thanks to the advances in medical technology. We're all living longer. That's right. That's right. The problem is we're not necessarily living better. The one thing that I've experienced as a, as a dementia practitioner over the years is that I find some of my family's trying so desperately to control the disease. It's not a disease that we can control. Yeah, I agree. You, know, you can't control it, but you can have some impact. Mm -hmm. uh, you look at, you know, the way I look at it is, uh, I mentioned aging. Aging is the greatest risk factor for dementia and cognitive decline. So it's a downward slope for all of us. But if we live a healthy lifestyle, if we uh, engage our brains and learn ways to eat better, exercise, and so forth, we can uh, delay the onset of symptoms and even slow the progression of symptoms once people develop more severe forms of cognitive decline. But we can't stop it. You know, we still have no magic bullet to cure. I mean, there are companies that have... Uh, um, poured in lots of money and time and effort to find what we call disease-modifying treatments to really get to the bottom of the disease, and we have nothing as yet. So we're still left with healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. and, and then just to get into how do you manage having dementia in your family? I mean, this is, we think of it as a cognitive illness, but boy, it's an emotional illness. Oh, absolutely. It's something that affects everyone from the patients to the caregivers to the family members, you name it. Yeah, and that is something that I 
have been that that's been my journey. That's been my passion is holding the hands of many families through the many dimensions of dementia, especially when they're taking care of that their loved ones at home and their loved one is experiencing, let's say, agitation or some kind of behavior that the, the families just they just have no clue on how to manage. So what I've been doing is holding their hands through it, guiding them, giving them different types of suggestions to redirect their loved one when, when they are repeating themselves, uh, you know, validating their loved one. What we do in my memory care homes is we focus on our residents' feelings, not their symptoms. We also keep them engaged from the time they wake up to the time they go to sleep. Well, yeah. let, me, uh, you know, let me just say that sure. th this is so important what you're doing uh, because you know there's no driver's training, so to speak, for being a caregiver. And uh, there's no perfect solution for all the emerging issues. And uh, guidance from those who have been through it can be tremendously helpful. Uh, this is where the support groups, I think, are, are so great, where you have people sitting around who can give emotional support because they've been there, but also practical support on how you, you manage with these very disruptive behaviors uh, that wreak havoc. And what about when you have uh, families where there's disagreements on how you proceed, particularly end-of-life care, it's hospice oh, yeah. care. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this can tear people apart. Uh, and it's, it's tragic. It's a disease that not only robs people of their minds, but it tortures the loved ones, because they see their family member there physically, but the person is no longer there. And how do you cope with that? Uh, absolutely right. And, and something that we do talk about pretty much weekly in my support group is focus on who your loved one is today. Accept them for who they are today, not what they once were. You know, especially for, for spouses, where they were the caregiver and lost being the wife or lost being the husband. And so many times I have experienced families transitioning their wife or husband into one of my memory care homes. They, within days, they immediately become the spouse again because they're no longer providing that care. And the relief on their faces, the stress level has now decreased. It's it's wonderful to see and they come to visit and it's it's meaningful. You know, I like that approach. I think it you know makes me think that what it, what's going on with this gradual loss of a person's cognitive health, it's it's sort of a regression. The person who was once there is regressing into a different individual. And it's, it's kind of the opposite of what happens when you have a child who progresses, who grows. And, and you kind of you love that child at each stage of their emotional and mental development. And it's possible to love your loved one as you lose the person who they once were. You know, another thing that I've seen that's, that's interesting is that often dementia patients become more present in the moment because of their cognitive losses, their, their past and the future is not on their mind as much. And, they, and they're more mindful of what's going on in the moment. And that can That's be positive. Right. 
And that can be a very positive experience. Absolutely, absolutely. And why I'm so passionate about the chron- about the chronologically gifted, I always have been, because there's just so much wisdom and we can learn so much from them. But, you know, as a geriatric care manager, you know, going in and out of many assisted living, memory care and skill facilities over the years, I, I just didn't like what I saw. I didn't I didn't like seeing people just sitting in chairs, not engaged, not stimulated. And, you know, they still have a sense of purpose. A person with a memory impairment, they still have sense of purpose. And that was something that I'm very committed to and why I opened my first memory care home and now have three and will be opening my fourth later this spring. But it's the continuous engagement. I authored my own program called Stimuli and it's based on who the person is and giving them that sense of purpose and empowering them. Really, doctor, our residents do not exhibit behaviors. And I truly believe it's because my teams keep their residents engaged during all wake hours. I think that's fantastic. I, you know, I think the other thing, even though we're, you're emphasizing the person in the moment, I think that's very helpful for family members. And for professional caregivers, I, I find it helpful for them to understand who the person was in the past. I think there's a tendency, you see this individual, this person might have been a concert pianist or might have you know, been a really gifted high school teacher. And uh, a lot of times bringing up those old memories for the patient with dementia can be a great way to connect with that person, to make them feel more who they were and uh, make them feel better about themselves in the present and, re- and really improve the relationship between the professional caregiver and the resident. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. When we do transition someone to one of our memory care homes, of course, our uh, director of care writes a, a care plan based on their health history, but we also write an activity care plan so it's, it's not one size fits all. The activities, the engagement are, are customized for each resident because there are some residents that perhaps, you know, are not interested in, in art, in painting or coloring or puzzles. And, you know, we have some residents that, are, that uh, were uh, homemakers and love being in the kitchen and baking. So we do a lot of baking, a lot of sensory um, activities, which is stimulating and also taps into the long-term memory and the team starts the conversation about asking them, when was the first time you had apple pie or you made an apple pie? And it's just amazing to, to watch. So as you know, I've moved from California to New Jersey. Yes. Which uh, I never imagined I would have done a year ago. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I'm a, a California, I'm a native Californian. I did my psychiatry training in Boston. So I do know that there's white stuff that falls on the ground during the winter. Yeah. Part <laughs> of the country. So I was prepared for that. 
It is, you know, it's, for me, it's an exciting opportunity, which, which gives me a larger platform, the, the head psychiatrist for the largest, most integrated health system in New Jersey, you know, Hackensack Meridian Health. And uh, what I plan to do is bring, is develop a lot of the programs that I developed at UCLA to help people with dementia, to help people with successful aging. And, uh, you know, I continue to write a lot of books on the topic and probably some of your listeners would be interested in uh, some of the books I've written and they can just go on my book website, drgarysmall.com, drgarysmall.com, or just search me out on Amazon. One of the things I'm excited about is that uh, the first book that I, it's actually, I write in these books with my wife. I was smart enough to marry someone who had writing skills. <laughs> so we, we've co-authored about a dozen books. But our first book, The Memory Bible, which became a huge international bestseller, uh, the publishers decided to release a, an updated edition this year. Ah. So uh, later this year, there'll be a, a new version of the memory Bible coming out with updated information. But there's lots of other books that address dementia. You know, not long ago we wrote The Small Guide to Alzheimer's Disease, mm -hmm. uh, Two Weeks to a Younger Brain, and other topics that people may be interested in. What happens if you've done some research on how searching online affects your brain health, the good, the bad, and the ugly of of our new technology and so forth. Wonderful. Well, I definitely will send that list out and also your website to my listeners. Wonderful. Thank and you. also to my support group. I know that they're all, they're very thirsty for learning more about the disease, but mostly about how they can also help their brain health. On behalf of women, you know, we take such good care of our hair, our nails, and toes, et cetera, but what about our brains, right? We need well, to take I, care of know, our brain health. I think that's very important because if you don't have your brain health, you're not going to be able to take care of your nails and your toes. That's right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, priorities, right, doctor? That's right, exactly. This has been really, really nice talking with you. And I, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're super busy, but it really means a lot to me. I, I, like I said, I'm a big fan and I hope that you'll come back again. We'll see. I mean, I've got a five-year contract here. Wonderful. I'm having, I'm having a great, we're both having a great time. But, you know, California is our home. So uh, right. one day we'll probably head back. Wonderful. Well, thank you again. Thank you. Keep up your great work, and uh, uh, I enjoyed the conversation. Great. And good luck to all your listeners. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, everybody. Thank you, thank you for listening in, and you know what I'm going to say. Don't get blinded by those chandeliers. <laughs> <laughs>